Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Anything to shake this, but I'm in my football team's got me drinking. Back at it again with another episode of the Shades of Blue Soccer Show. My name is Cody Bradley. Thad Bell, Robert Russert, and David Greenwald are all here. It is the morning after a 0-0 draw with the Galaxy. 30 shots, the second most in club history without scoring. They put up 37 against Vancouver in 2020. Third straight shutout for the second time ever, last time in 99. Uh, things are not going well, Thad Bell. You're right. Did you want more? Yeah. I just I knew Thad would give me a two-word answer there to start the pot off, as he always does with all the energy. Robert, you're the one with all the notes. You rewatched the game this morning. Get us started. Yeah, I mean, we had 30 shots, 11 on goal. We had 11 on goal against Colorado in 16 shots, so that's not a good stat. And even those were not very good. (laughs) But, uh, you know, sporting math is a new thing, seemingly. 12 shots first game, 16, then 30. That's a total of 58 shots. Apparently that equals no goals. That's sporting math now. Why is it not? Why are they not going in, David? Oh, for any number of reasons. Like, Roger had that header off of a set piece that went straight into the arms of the keeper. That's I, a shot on goal, but it's not a good shot on goal. I thought you were going to say the one that went 50 feet in the air. Oh, Kyrie's header? Hey, still stayed in the field. No, Roger, Roger had one of those that it, he, he swung at it. It looked like it was going a mile over the crossbar into the stands, and it was so poorly hit 
that it just floated into the air and then calmly right down into the keeper's hands. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Remy had that absolute banger that from, you know, 25, 30 yards out or whatever, those aren't reliable shots. Those aren't ones that you can usually count on going in. Our best looks through the first three games have all been not on target. Like Willie had yeah. that open header. Uh, was it against Colorado that he put wide? Yes, at you the know. buzzer. That was a tough and one, then though. I think there have been a couple other ones where we've had good looks, but they go wide. So those aren't shots on goal, but those are our better expected goal chances. Well, uh, going right along with that, I looked up this stat as well. Sporting has 5% of their chances within the six-yard box, 40% of their chances in the 18, and 55% outside of the box. And as far as those stats go, they are near the worst in the league for in the six and the 18 and the most outside the box. Robert did his homework with the yeah. stats. Damn. I love it. <laughs> More analysis than we're used to. So then what does that <laughs> mean? Tell, tell us what that means. It just goes right along with what David was saying. The chances we're getting are not the best chances. They're not high XG chances. And yeah. that is and that is because there's no Johnny Russell, right? I think we're realizing that no. Johnny no. coming in from the wing is creating more I, chances than we realized before. I disagree. I mean, we would, I agree with you. We would disagree. We would be better with Johnny. That I think is not up for debate. But I think that there's a difference between the first two games and what we saw last night. Last night was a yeah. lack of us being clinical and finishing, but we dominated. I mean, absolutely yeah. dominated. The first two games we created nothing. There was the Portland game where our best chance was uh, Eric Tommy just hitting something off the crossbar, but it was just a moment of magic. And otherwise, we had nothing. Against Colorado, we had nothing. And that was that our midfield wasn't generating chances. And so there's a big difference to me between those last two games and then what we saw last night. But then I also, I thought we just got done saying that the chances they were creating weren't very good anyway. So we're still creating nothing. Well, you were at the game. Did you feel like we were going to score last night? Not really, no. I kind of I didn't. I I had the same feeling that I talked about last week where it just seems like everyone on the field is like, where's Eric Tommy? Get the ball to Tommy. He's the only one that has any sort of creativity that can do anything. That's what it feels like. Robert, did you think we were going to score last night? Well, the way things have been going, I'm a bit of a downer on that. Um, You know, we did get a few good little chances in the box. Willie had one or two little chances he should have done better with. I think Remy, I'm sorry, um, Tommy had one he should have done better with. He just hit it wrong. Um, But I'm just kind of down on that. (laughs) So, no, I did not really feel we were going to score. We have have a a guest here today who will not be speaking, but you can just nod yes or shake your head no. Did you think we were going to score last night? Stats and info. Thought we were going to score. And info. I'm with the guest. One, one <laughs> the, person the, our, thinks we were going to score. Okay. No, I thought we did. I thought we were too. Oh, okay. I kept waiting for the lid to come off, but we had repeated good looks. Tommy sprayed a ball wide. That's not a shot on goal, but it was a three on two fast break where Willie fed Tommy and he just put it wide. That's a good chance. That's a strong look. It just wasn't in the six yard box. Yeah, the sharpness on that one, his first touch was straight instead of inside. If it had been inside, he would have had a better angle on goal, better, more goal to shoot at. So just not sharp right away in these first three games, I think. Just looking at the expected goals last night, though, I have 30 shots, 11 on goal. It was only 1.36 expected goals out of all those opportunities, so they're not being as quality. 11 of them were blocked by L.A., yeah, so, that's what I was remembering all game. We were just shooting directly into defenders yeah. is what it felt and like. And that's partially L.A. being good at blocking, too. I mean, they did a good job of that. That's not just bad shooting. That's a, It can be a little bit of both. But L.A. did a very good job defensively in that aspect. 
they were. I was amazed last night when I after I didn't couldn't look at any of the stats until after the game when I'm shooting, but I looked and I saw the possession. I I expected Sporting to actually have the possession, and I was really surprised when LA had more possession, and it just looked like Sporting was a much more dominant team all through the midfield. Uh, the LA coach at the end said at his press conference like we we should have been better in the midfield. We have a great midfield, but we were just dominated. So why why what made that happen this match. We were worried about the midfield last week. Roger Espinoza was out there, 90-year-old Roger Espinoza still running around, and they dominated this so-called amazing midfield with Puj from the LA Galaxy. Well, I don't know if it's David who put the note in our uh, pregame plan here, but uh, we played more of a 4-5-1 when they were in possession, so we kind of crowded that midfield to block off the Brugmans, the Puge, you know, things like that. So I think that was part of the reason. And I think just overall, sporting is really, and Peter said this in his press conference, dedicated to shutting down the midfield this year. They seem more intentional doing that. So I thought Remy did a great job of shutting down Ricky Pige, which is, you know, he was, Remy was everywhere last night. He was intercepting balls. He was, you know, he didn't put a foot wrong. Every tackle was on. And it forced, you know, LA's best player into positions that weren't central. You know, he was out wide a lot. Um, Unimpressed by Pooch. Yeah, he was terrible. Yelling at the ref the whole time. Yeah. Looks like a 12-year-old out there. He's very tiny. Yeah, he would. some would describe him as petite. But how about him tucking in his jersey? Nobody else in the whole field tucked yeah, in his jersey, but he did. Diego Chara. <laughs> that's some Diego Chara stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, no, Remy, Remy played a great game, which was a huge part of shutting that down. But I think dropping five guys across the midfield block eliminated all that space um, for L.A. It, they didn't have anywhere to, to go. Now, not that you want to feel sorry for L.A., but Chicharito makes a big difference for their side. He He's a master at finding the right space in the box and finding space in open field for good passes, and I think and that's diving. part of the reason. Well, yes. And diving. <laughs> and Panikas that suck. But anyway, um, I think pest. that's a big part of their, their He's tool, a top-five box in MLS. So. Most is, is he just hurt? I honestly did not think of him until this very moment. Yeah, okay. he's hurt. Okay, He was hurt. I just don't know why or how long. I just don't care. Leibold got out there. Can can before we go on to oh, Tim Leibold, oh, oh. I, I have one other thing because we were talking about our lack of goal scoring and our lack of yeah. threats, if you will. So yeah, let's let's focus on that more because we get accused of being the echo chamber and that we're all too positive. So let's well, so sit in the in the sadness for a while here. We've had a problem for years of when we have when we reach a certain threshold of crosses, we stop scoring. And Peter's talked about it before, like, you know, we funnel a lot of play out wide because that's where teams allow us to have the space. So if they clog up the midfield, instead of trying to play through the mid, we play it out wide and then we start lobbing crosses into the box. And we're notoriously not very good at that. So like last night we had 26 crosses. A lot of crosses last night. But one of the things I noticed is for as good as Eric Tommy is, Eric Tommy doesn't play centrally. Eric Tommy likes to float out left. And so when our team when we were the most dangerous with like, let's say Benny Fieldhopper, Benny could play through the middle and you know, we, you break the field down into zones, right? And zone 12 is the top of the box. It's the most dangerous spot to be because you can play left, you can play right, you can play through the middle. And so the teams that score the most goals, generally speaking, get a lot of possession in zone 12. Can Gotti Kinda play in the middle then? 
Gotti Keen is a much more direct player than Eric Tommy in terms of turning and running at the center backs. Yeah. Tommy likes to float out wide. And so while Tommy, I think, is our best player, he's not trying to play through the middle. He's not trying to, if you watch him, he, he rarely cuts centrally. He likes to cut out left. Remy playing the six, he's so deep that he's not playing centrally. And Roger's Roger. So I think Gotti coming back will make us more direct in terms of at least running the ball at center backs and and creating more chaos in zone 12. Or even before Gotti comes back, Remy playing the eight when Nemanja plays the six. Yeah. I'm, I butcher every name, so. So somebody in the comments said that, you know, Ricky Puge, you're not Lucas Zillarion. Um And he's, he's not. But uh, my whole thing I was thinking when I saw that comment was exactly what you just said, that Eric Tommy is not a Lucas Zellerron or a Ricky Puge, for that matter, um, because he doesn't play in the middle. He doesn't uh, dissect teams with his passing ability. He's always dribbling at people, things like that, which is great, and he creates some great opportunities, but he's not that true number 10 at all. Bring back Benny. He's not. He's, he's still around. Bring back Benny. He could probably do a few minutes as a sub. Just for set pieces. As long as he doesn't have to run. <laughs> so they celebrated Alan Polito's birthday last night in Westport. One of my friends was there. I got to see videos of it. It looked pretty fun. But he is still a few weeks away from returning. A couple weeks, maybe? We're not We're not clear on that. He's he's now training with the when, team. When According to what Peter said, yeah. Yeah, Peter said uh, it probably a couple weeks before you see him like on the game day roster. But So what did we think of Willie Agata? Last night, it seemed like he was better. He made more. Yeah, maybe better. He made more of an effort to get involved in hold up play. He was coming back further and was getting involved in hold up play a little more. But if if Alan Polito was playing and we went three games without scoring, people would be calling for his head or asking where the backup is. And or why we spend 27 million on him. And I notice a lot of. Yeah, that that's obviously a difference there for sure. But. I notice people are afraid to to say anything about Agata. He's too nice. Well, he's he is too nice. He's got a good smile. We all love him. He saved the season last year. But like, what the hell? He's our striker. Nothing is happening. Yeah, he certainly left the door open for Polito to step right in and, and start again once he's healthy, possibly. But um, you know, we were talking about service before, and um, you know, coming this week, I'm going to have an article about some of the instances from this game. Willie was a little lackadaisical in one or two spots, but he's still not getting the service that he needs. It did feel like all of that was better last night, though, than the first two games. I agree. Now, in in some fairness, too, the first two games Sporting played was on the road, home openers for both those teams. Last night was at home, home opener for Kansas City. That makes a difference in how the game plays out, just the, the emotion, the crowd, et cetera, yeah. although the crowd was not the great this last night, but. Yeah, for the number of people that were there, didn't quite have the bite that it normally does. I don't know why that was. Actually Cold sounded green. better on TV. But <laughs> uh, yeah, Agata got the ball a couple times in a spot where you want to get the ball to your striker, and you that's his job to then make something happen from that point on, and it didn't. It did not. I noticed a couple of times. I, I think it's a confidence thing for him, perhaps. Yeah, now, because that's he what did I said last week. Take lo- things on where he normally would. It looks like he he like almost has the yips. I thought that last week. There's a couple of times where it's just yeah, he doesn't. He has no confidence right now. 
I, I know last year I looked back through his entire scoring history, and he had a one period of his, his – I mean, he's not that old, but he had one period in his history where he scored a bunch of goals in just a few games, much like he did when he got to Kansas City. Before that, he did not. After that, he did not. He had a very hot streak and then kind of died out for a year. We may have seen his one hot streak. I, I still go back to the article David wrote, though, that he's he was in the right positions and all those things he did last year should be repeatable this year. Hasn't happened yet, but I still kind of believe in him. To me, it just goes back to there's a difference between last night and the first two games, and I don't think you can look at them all together and diagnose the same problem. Against Portland and against Colorado, he had no service. And so with the very limited chances he got, he didn't do well with them. But when you have no chances, you know, it's not like you're going to be putting... Limited service. He had some. He flubbed some. With your extremely limited service. Yeah, he did flub some. But again, when you're not getting the ball when you're not getting good service, when people aren't putting the ball in your head, when they're not playing it to your feet in dangerous positions, then you're pressing. Because with the very few touches you get, you want to try and make something happen. Last night was different. Last night, he was a little wasteful, but he looked dangerous. He was dropping back and then turning and running. And I'm remembering back to, again, Eric Tommy's missed shot, where Willie, I think I think Remy won the ball in the midfield and played it forward to Agata, who... That's a safe bet, Remy, winning like, a ball in midfield. Right. Or Kyrie. Um, no, <laughs> stop. Stop. I'll leave. Um, but Willie got the ball and turned and made a great pass to Tommy to set him up for a good shot. And so he was wasteful with his shots last night, but I thought overall Willie played pretty well. Yes, pretty well. I'll give him that. Tim Leibold. I like him. Yes. Do we have a left back? <laughs> uh, is he hurt? Because then no, we don't. <laughs> right, exactly. Because all left backs a little hamstring-ish <laughs> on the way coming off, didn't he? That, well, I where think, is Seth Sinovic? Is that what it was a hamstring, or it just looked like he was just tired because he's not ninety minutes fit yet? Is how I I saw it. hands go to the hamstring a little bit, and yeah, somebody, a little tight. I forget who in the locker room afterwards said, "Yeah, hopefully he's okay." So that well, good led me Lord, to, that led me to believe, but. Yeah, I do think we have found out that left back LB stands for Leibold's better. <laughs> okay, okay, I like that. So I, I like the fact that he he's he's good in positioning defensively. Uh, he, he's a good tackler. Um, I think his attacking part portion is going to increase as he gets more comfortable and more familiar with how the team likes to play. Yeah. The more minutes he gets, but uh, yeah, I definitely liked him if he's not hurt. Even if he is hurt, he's gonna he's gonna miss the next three weeks though. I, I almost guarantee you. That's just how things are going right now. David, what did you think of Leibold? I thought it was really good. He and Shallowy don't have a ton of chemistry yet, but you can see like hints of it there. Um, his positioning was good. He looked dangerous with the ball. Um, I thought he looked really good until he popped a hammy and fell down. He did pass up a chance for a shot at one point during the game, which uh, I wish he had taken. But. Yeah, he and Shallowy don't quite have it yet. I'm not sure Shallowy has it yet. I don't think he's mid-season form yet. No, not no. even close. What I will say, Leibold's calves are worse than Logan and Inbay's. If that's any, if that makes you feel any better. Ever, but, what, but what about a schnoz? Uh, <laughs> we're big on Ben Sweats. We're big on noses this year. <laughs> that's right, we're a nose podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to pick on Shallowy, but that's who we needed to step up right now with all these players missing. Shallowy is a star of this team, I thought, right? He touched the ball in like the almost the 60th minute, and I was like, is that the first time that he's touched it this half? I forgot Shallowy was on the field. 
That sometimes happens, but um, I, I do wonder with uh, Leibold out there not driving to the inline as much as some of the other left backs have done in the past. Uh, Daniel was kind of caught in between getting the ball and cutting in around the top of the box and trying to get a shot or driving to the inline and trying to cross it into Willie. And it, I don't think that's his strongest suit because he's usually had a Ben Swed or an Indenbe or somebody else to do that in the past. So he, I, if, again, I'd have to go back and double check my memory, but it looked like he tried to go to the inline and cross it at least in the second half, two, three, four times. And they were all just off of finding the right person there or got out, you know, just got out of bounds a little bit or whatever. Well, isn't that also because he does kind of unorthodox runs into the box. Like he, I think players are anticipating a pass at a certain moment or when he gets to a certain place and he takes another touch and then gets it right on the line and then he pushes it back to a spot where there's where nobody is. I saw that happen a couple times. Now it's, yeah, it's good. It's clever. He's getting in the box, but I think it would take a world-class player that we don't currently have to sniff some of those out. Or maybe that's what Polito will do. I think they were just pa- the passes were not on for him when he was doing that. Yeah, but again, part of it's also just creating chaos, right? If you can get to the end line and cut a ball back, Johnny Russell. Sure, I mean Johnny doesn't typically get to the end line though. He usually cuts in well ahead of that. But Daniel Johnny a- charging into the box is chaos. Yeah, there's a picture right of that next to the word chaos in the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Daniel had. You know, getting to the end line and, and cutting the ball back into the box puts pressure on the defense. And your hope is that Tommy or Agata is going to make a strong run and then you can make something happen there. So getting into dangerous spots is Daniel's job. I mean, that's a big part of it. Now, I mean, he's a technique finesse player. So his sco- goal scoring is hitting curlers and stuff and that needs space and he needs defenses to not be compact against him to be able to do that. But for what it's worth, your former employer rated him our highest rated player last night. They gave him an eight. Foot mob is who he is referring to there. And yeah, but it's not spelled with two. Of, of all foot. of those, yes, but I work there and I can tell you that I know that you can call it foot mob. It's not fod mob like everyone calls it, I promise. Uh, of all of those block shots that we had, it felt like Shallowy had about half of them. He does that a lot. He shoots right into people. That's because he's trying to find little lanes to shoot where... I, we've talked about this in the past years. Like uh, and Americans will have to have a five foot wide area to yeah, shoot, and he yeah. needs an inch to try to curl it around somebody. He to does. Get it by. He has scored goals by sneaking it past yeah. people in which, situations, which like means that. when you don't get it by somebody, you hit somebody. So that's what happens. But and the ones he did get by, hit the keeper. So I'm gonna throw this out here for David because he will enjoy this. But at that moment when Kyrie had a shot in the box, didn't take it, tried to block off and pass it back to Tommy, and then Tommy hit it. And I think hit Kyrie with his shot. Yeah, so but that was a great shining moment. So. But how about in the first? It was like in the first two minutes of the game, Kyrie had a header off of a corner kick that was kind of close to on frame, and there was a split second where I just saw everyone's world collapsing. That Kyrie scored the first goal of, of the home season. I think people would be thrilled if he could actually score. I just, it's never going to happen. No, the reaction would be like, "Oh, great! Now he's going to play the whole season because he got." That's one. what would happen. Yes. <laughs> well, here's my note on that. I'm just going to throw this out there. Kyrie says after he heads the ball, hey, I got my head on it. Isn't that enough? There's just no conviction in his header. He just got his head on it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a, it's he's, a a, he's allergic to doing stuff in the box. <laughs> it's just, it is enti- entirely different. You can see it on his face that it's just, it's not there. It's a timing issue. He always jumps too early. 
And so that header went flying over the bar because instead of meeting it at its apex and, ha- and heading it down, he was on his way down and he popped it up because for being six foot four, he's really terrible at timing his jumps. He probably didn't have to do that when he was younger. I, that's why short people are still better getting jumpers. used to his body. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's what, 30 years old. He's had plenty of time to figure it out. Didn't Cody, didn't you score a header at the, thank you. At yes. the media game. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh Lord. And Here it comes. Cody Bradley of the Blue Testament with a yeah. Yes, and, I did. In case you forgot. And Cody, you are how tall? I am. Uh, I claim six one. Okay. Cody in the ginger dictionary is that the sign <laughs> next to glory? The definition of glory is a, that is a gif, okay. a looping right. gif of, right. of the header. Just wanted to make sure it was offside. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't recall. Nemanja Radoya, I do. Started or not started? He got his first appearance like the sixty-second minute. Yeah, and like he that. came in at the eight, which I think a lot of people were expecting to see. Him at the six? Yes. Well, Cody Bradley, if you were at training on Tuesday, which I know you were, they were doing a drill, just the back four plus the midfield, and that's exactly what Rodoya was doing, was playing the eight in that drill. So I wasn't surprised myself. But. Yeah, I mean, I think, especially in-game, if you know he's not going to start and you're bringing him in when Remy is working with the center backs and things are clicking and they haven't given up a goal in however many minutes, I think it makes sense to... If you want to get the guy on the field, right. get him in the midfield. You've said he can play there. So, yeah, I think that made sense to not and That's what that Peter up. said after the game was the reason. So Yeah, but I actually kind of thought that was odd because last year quite a few times Remy started as the six, and then later in the yeah. game he moved up when Roger came out and Yuri came in uh, at the six. And then, well, that's a lot of times when things fell maybe apart a little Peter's bit. Peter's realizing his faults maybe. Uh, <laughs> Uri, how about Uri last Maybe I night? shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of hoping that, you know, Sporting would score after he came in. But I was bummed he didn't roll his sleeves and his shorts up like he did last year. Well, that was funny because I mentioned, hey, that's Uri. And two people next to me are like, wait, what? What? His sleeves aren't rolled up. Oh, that is Uri. <laughs> there, there was a little minor chant in the South Stand for uh, something about his shorts being rolled up or something. I, <laughs> I did not know the Galaxy had Uri or Tyler Boyd. I learned both of those last night. It's because you didn't read my match preview. No, I did not. Okay. I didn't. I did not. Or the Blue Testament. I read. I do read the Blue Testament. <laughs> Evidently not. Which incidentally is the site. Your we match preview. <laughs> your match preview was up too late. If it was earlier in the week, then maybe there you go. That's where I'm. That's my stance. I thought Rodoya looked good playing the eight. I thought he actually looked dangerous moving forward. He looked like he has some real quality. What I'd be interested to see moving forward is if Vermees can introduce a tactical wrinkle where, depending on where the ball is being played to see Remy and Rodoya f- alternate back and forth in the middle of a match, basically like but not how, Tommy. No. Yeah. Not, not even a little bit, Eric, Tommy, but you know, you see like periodically shallowy and Russell will swap wings, mm-hmm. but to have two guys who can play both the eight and the six and be dangerous moving forward. It could just be interesting to see that wrinkle depending on where the ball is and to see them be able to rotate back and forth between the, the defensive mid and the dueling eights. Two things. Number one, Rodoy is not exactly a um, athlete. But second thing about switching Russell and Shallow. Well, hold on now. Look at what is a skip past that. What did you see that, may, he's that just, makes that? He's not fast. I'm just saying he's not fast. Okay. He's not. You know. Yeah. He's not going to be. A yeah. There's there's one demon. play. He got the ball in the open field and was making a run. Yeah. 
and didn't seem like he was lighting the world on so fire. So athletic, probably not the proper word to use there. Also, okay, but you also like fast afoot. Also like made a he's joke not fast afoot. The way you made that joke was that he's like a fat guy running around out <laughs> no. there. Like but the a, other point, back to my other athlete. point was swapping the Russell and Shalouis thing. Notice they never or very rarely do that with Shelton. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think they think Shelton's going to work very well with that left-handed triangle, left-wing triangle. But. Or any triangle. <laughs> be nice. No. Okay. Paid to be nice. But, but do remember, it was our first ex- uh watching of Rodoya in a game. It was his first experience with the speed of MLS play. There, That may come into play of how fast he looked in some of that. He may not have been expecting to be. It's all about mental quick. quickness anyway. Janice replaced Kyrie. And after about five minutes, I was looking for another winger on the roster. And there was just no one else available. And that's what I mean. It just feels like at the moment we have – no one to score goals. It just, I don't see any creativity. There's, besides Eric Tommy, I don't see anyone that is breaking down the defense that is going to cr- make the moment happen. Like, of course, we'll fall into some of these, but it just feels like we have, I, I have no confidence going forward right now. Is that an issue with the players or the tactics? The players on the field. So it's their fault that nobody goes central? It's their fault that so Marino Janice is a left winger, and he has played he's played in the midfield and twice on the right. That's Janice's fault that he's not better at playing right wing when he's a left winger. That's roster depth fault. Yeah, and I think that's what the point he's making is that a, that you would blame the team for that. I, but again, we're missing the guy at the top of that pecking order at the moment. I mean, I think it's a combination of of both tactics and who we have, right? I, I just, the the front three that started and then bringing on Janice after that, an, anemic. They don't, none of those people seem like they're, they are going to bang in a bunch of goals to me right now. Shallowy doesn't seem like he's ready for the season. I have I've just have no confidence. There's, I, I look at an organized defense. How, how are we going to break that down right now? On a positive side, <laughs> speaking of defense, they've only given up one goal, and that was, what, 10 minutes into the first game? Yeah, so they're like 260-something minutes without conceding straight now. And I thought that's what we were worried about. That's what a lot of people were worried about. What do we need this expensive new center back for? Robbie Voloder, Voloder's Ooh, killing it That's now. a fine. He had a that's bad a pass during the match, but he, he has been much better since the first game. For he's sure. had a bad pass every match. Every <laughs> single match he's had at least one. one <laughs> but they have not impacted his de- has But no, he, he, looked, he looked better last night. And post camp again, when called upon, made a nice save. Ninth minute, his first one that he made, coming out and cutting down the angle. But Back to Robbie for a second. He has traditionally only played the left center back. Right. Of a center back Correct. foursome, or I mean, a, a four back, four wow. person back, four line. center back. Well said. Oh, yeah. That's that's a hell of yeah. a formation. <laughs> Not goal dangerous. <laughs> Heavily defensive. Um, but he's he's typically played the left of the two center backs, and that's there is a little bit of adaptation there. Where right footed center backs often kind of switch back and forth more, more often. So, which is why back, when we go back to when Fontes played the right of the 
two center backs. He looked terrible, and he looked much better as the left center back, going back to our pod when we were at the radio station even. Ah, good times. So, guys, question. St. Louis City has nine points oh, after Jesus. three games. They're in top, right, of, Taylor top of the conference. Who are you, Taylor Twelman? We're seven points behind in this league of, you know, evenness. Parody. It's not the Premier League. Parody, parody. is parody. The word. Yes. Are we already out of the first place hunt? Seven or three games in? No, no that's... An absurd thing to say. I am asking you. This is like the most ridiculous thing you've ever said. I'm asking. I didn't make a statement. I asked. Okay. Why is it a question, though? Why do you think just saying that people out there are saying that kind of stuff? People are saying (laughs) what? What people? And why are we like giving them a megaphone for their? Really silly opinions. Reddit is hey, a, an ugly just place. Throwing it out there, guys. Sporting KC See, subreddit. It, it is got you idea. guys to perk up and defend your team. That's oh, what Christ. I was going for. So, for what it's <laughs> worth, five thirty-eight still has us with a seventy percent chance of making the playoffs, and they have St. Louis with a forty percent chance of making the really? playoffs. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, nobody's going to be passing it backwards to their strikers in the box yeah. <laughs> every goddamn game for. Didn't happen games. last. They night. can't keep that up. No. Yeah. What, I didn't see their goals last night, but uh, I saw like one is it looked like a deflection, so that it looked maybe a little bit lucky, but not as lucky as those first two where they just passed back to. They're they're still getting lucky though. So David, you said you saw some defectors possible. Yeah. It's, oh, good. Get out of here. <laughs> it's just interesting. It's get get them out of here. You see it on Reddit, uh, where you know, and I I don't want to call out one of our posters, but one of our posters who does not like traveling to Children's Mercy Park because it's not downtown, but wants to be able to take a train to a to a, a tram to go walk to St. Louis City and thinks it's going to be a really interesting experience. But yeah, a lot of people are... Yeah, don't call him out, David. Don't do that. Yeah, and then he just <laughs> did. I didn't say names. I did not say names. I, I could be talking about anybody. Yeah. I could be talking about anybody. But yeah, no, you read Reddit and people are like, well, you know, St. Louis is winning a lot of games. It might be time to become a St. Louis fan. Oh, jeez. I okay. sometimes I can't I think the people that are saying these things on Reddit are like they're trying to say the most absurd thing that they can. Yeah. Like there's no way some of these people are serious. Some of these statements. Well, there's no way they're true fans is what you really mean. Well, that's are the does everyone just want to be miserable? Am, is it wrong that I watch this team and have fun doing it? I mean, I think that's the nature of the internet is that it's like generally speaking pretty negative and like you okay so you guys just heard me i'm i'm frustrated but this the joke now is is oh there's five more years of this i see that on reddit all the time now anytime there's something bad happens it's oh we have five more years of this but and i get i get people being mad but in order to act genuinely be mad and think the season's done and and not like this team you have to be ignoring very real things like that all these players are missing and coming back a new players coming that we had all of these shots that there's reasons to like enjoy things that are happening and there's reason to believe that they're not that terrible so that's i i just i feel like people here are our show where we're normally very positive and they think we're just la-di-da or whatever i don't even know what the hell we get accused of but yeah the, it people who are that upset are, are ignoring very real things just so they can be upset right now well I, I do think, you know, Vermees gets a lot of criticism from people and some of it's very deserved, some of it's not. But, you know, for years we hear the same people online complaining that like the tactics never change. It's always the same thing over and over and over. And the tactical evolution of this team over the last 10 years 
I mean, it's night and day different between yeah. the the tactics we ran out in 2013 when we won MLS Cup and what we play now. Night and day different. Last year, we gave up a billion goals. This year, we come out with a new tactical wrinkle. We're trying to play a 4-4-2. It's got mixed results, so we adapt to a 4-5-1. So the idea that Vermees doesn't change things, I think, is misguided. Now, there's still certain trends that we see, and there are certain things like my frustration is with the training staff, the medical staff, that we seemingly have more, and may, and Thad's mentioned this before, that maybe we're just more open and honest about it, but for uh, Felipe Gutierrez and Gotti and Alan Polito to all suffer the same kind of injury when it doesn't seem like that's happening to other teams is frustrating, right? To constantly lose your best players to these like debilitating cartilage injuries or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Madronda. Yeah, that's and Jimmy Madronda. Um, but, but the tactics do evolve and they do change. And so last year after giving up a ton of goals this year, we've given up one, um, you know, we'll certainly give up more, but if we're more defensively stout, it shows that Peter recognized that that was a problem last year and wants to be more defensively solid this year. A few years ago, we couldn't score any goals. So we went out and we got Gerso and then we got Johnny and then we got Polito and we set a record for the number of goals we scored in a season. So the idea that we don't adapt, I think, is incorrect. I think there's also just general fatigue with the club as a whole, though. It's no longer kind of like the shiny new toy. That's the current now, right? The current are the shiny new thing. They made the championship game. They're getting a new stadium. They're the new hot thing in town, right? But I think there is legitimate criticism for the club itself with what the match day looks like because it doesn't change, you know? Um it's the same general video package, the same general music, the same general vibe. The I Believe chant. The Cauldron does needs the same. To That's not on the team, though. The, the I Believe chant is, and that needs to go. It's stale. You know, not adapting and evolving. I think that's on the Cauldron. I think that's on the, that's on the Cauldron leadership. And everyone go back and listen to our State of the Cauldron podcast that we did earlier. Well, but, like, it's who pays Hartzell? Well, Hartzell's not the Cauldron. No, but Hartzell's the one who leads the I Believe also, was there the another? Was there? Did they get a, a woman to do this with him last night? It seemed like there was a girl doing all the announcing every time he was doing it. Is there like a duo now in the stadium? I paid no attention. Sorry. Well, anyway, on the note, we, we did complain enough about the team, but it was good to be back in the stadium last night. The home opener was back. How did, what did everyone think? What was your experience like? David, Robert, slow. you were in the cold. It was slow. It was slow. It took it took forever to get inside. Big traffic jam at the gates. Food was slow. But it was nice to be back, even in the cold. I did stroll past quite a long line to go to the media gate. See me flexing my perk there for you? No, that, that, that looked bad. Impressive. So what was, I don't understand, what was different about last time? There wasn't. They have 18,000 people at games all the time. Why was last night any different? It did look like it was people were trickling in very late. Yeah, I honestly don't know. Um, I think last year they would just have you pull out your phone and just walk through the metal detector. In this day area, you had to like put it in a thing and do whatever. Oh. But I, I honestly don't know because once I finally got up to security, it went really f- – I mean, I got my family through really quick, but it just took forever to get to the, get, to the gate. Thad, you were back in the photographer row. Good to be back in your corner. Yeah, it was good. Um, Did you ask Mrs. Thad what her thoughts and feelings were on the on the process last night? She didn't have any problem. She didn't complain about it. I mean, um, I know I talked to a lot of people who did, but that's I. Yeah, my wife, my wife got in pretty easily from what she said. So, 
She said that uh, she saw your family going up and down the stairs every few minutes with a different boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my kids needed multiple bathroom breaks. So she was kind of laughing about that. but I'm glad somebody was. <laughs> I got to sit behind the glass in the press box. I was nice and warm. I was not. Cody, were you in the press box last night? I was in the press box last night. I got the number three spot. Would you mind telling the listeners what the significance of that is? Because well, I don't know if Patrick could tell me that. I, I don't. I because Paul Carr got the number one spot, so that's like there's some sort of hierarchy there, right? Sure. The national guy gets the number one spot. <laughs> you go ahead and think that. And sure. then and then well, come on, it's like a, it's clearly there's something there. The, a national reporter and then the Kansas City Star and then it was the the long staple of Kansas City soccer reporting, Cody Bradley. <laughs> and I don't long understand staple? how they I don't understand how they come up with this order. As long as I was in front of Chad though, so I'm happy. <laughs> no, you're right. They do typically go with like the bigger name reporters starting from, you know, one side across and that's, you know, if you the closer you are to that corner, that's maybe it's just on either side cuz then you don't have to walk behind people. So maybe on the other side is also a coveted spot cuz it's <laughs> on the edge. Uh, a lot of times they would ask who's going to do the recap and I would tell them and they would put, make sure that they got an inside seat. But I think that we just have so many people there now <laughs> out of compared to anybody else. Was Juan in there last night? No, he wasn't. He was in the cauldron. That's right. Because it was you, Chad, and Jimmy Mack. Kurt Austin yelled at us for, in a joking manner, but on the shot that Roger took that went a million feet in the air, I didn't even, everyone was just kind of laughing. Everyone laughed at it. No, another Roger shot like that. And then, but when it finally 15 seconds later landed in the keeper's hands, Kurt was like, all right, now that's a shot on goal. Let's show, show some decorum here, people. <laughs> 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 and then, uh, and then Sperry getting yelled at by Vermese in the press conference after that was good. That was funny. Oh. Go ahead and explain. He, somebody asked a question that we had all talked about that we were going to ask in the press box that we, that this was going to come up and, Chad asked it, and then Sperry was not listening. He was writing his tweet. Or See he the was, Patsy. He was doing whatever he was doing, and then asked the same question, and Vermees doesn't doesn't uh, play with that kind of stuff. Yeah, if you'd have been listening, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I guess you only want to listen to your own questions then, huh? Because <laughs> yeah. it, it was about uh, Rodoya coming in as the eight and not the six. Right. <laughs> and, like, yeah, that was an obvious question to ask. If nobody asked it, I was going to ask it. But. That is the best part of going to press conferences is Vermees' clapbacks and when he's, when he's exasperated. But no, he was feeling good. He's yeah. confident about the team. He liked what he saw last night. But at least nobody was asking about when subs. Yeah. And I am too. I'm confident. I'm not – I'm frustrated, but I, I can use my eyes. I saw what I saw on the field. There's, there's a lot of reason – to think that they're going to improve. We have new players coming. We have old players returning. And we, who did we not see last night, guys? Duke and Hernandez. Yeah. Could be a signal of the future as far as the midfield goes, maybe. I don't know. Well, we did talk about them last week, if, yeah. if they had found their ceilings. I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear the, the strongest midfield of people that's healthy at this point will be right. Nemanja when he's fit enough to start at the six, Walter, Walter, excuse me, and uh, that's Tommy. Fine. Yeah, piss off. Um, <laughs> that's the strongest three in the midfield right sure. now. Felipe is not far off of that. Roger is 
Roger, and he's he's a strong part of that midfield. But we we all say we don't really want to see him playing every game, even. And and Peter Vermees, has said that. yes, Vermees said those words last night. Just for anyone right. who's frustrated by Roger starting, it's Vermees just laughably he said, "I don't want to be starting right. Roger right. every game." He's just the best option that Peter sees at this moment to get results, and I understand mm-hmm. that. I don't always agree with that, but I do understand that. And I'm going to take this time just to mention Graham Zuzzi. The man is a very good soccer player. I'm just going to say that. I love Graham Zuzzi. No notes. What do you think of that, David? I'm watching highlights from other games. (laughs) Thank you for your participation in our show, in our show. I refuse to allow you two to troll me. Whatever. I like Graham. No, they trolled you. He's doing his job in the corner. He's still pinging those long balls across the field. But it's in a good cross. Still not the fastest in the world. I will say, Zussi was open a lot last night and was calling for long switches, and we were missing him. But there was a lot of play on the left side that we could have easily switched to the right to shift the defense and maybe make something happen, and that Zeus was notably frustrated for large parts of the game. All right, what do we got next week? FC Dallas. It is away at Dallas. Yes, correct. it is. Okay. Not an easy match. Road trip. Shades of blue road trip. Well, I think we'll probably have one across state coming up. Yes, the St. Louis. Are all of you guys going to make that trip? Absolutely I, not. I'm going there. I I'm got not spending will. a dime in St. Louis. I'm not going with you guys, though. I got friends, though. I'm, I'm not spending <laughs> a dime in St. Louis. I'm not going to do any journalism there. Gonna I'm going to go get some Kansas Ravioli's? City Ultra. Square no. cut pizza? No. I will never attend an away match at St. Louis. I'll go to any other ma- I'll go to any <laughs> other stadium in the league. I'll go to any I'm going USL to Austin league. later. You want to go with me? Let, let's go to Hartford <laughs> Hartford Athletic. I'll go watch Jimmy Nielsen's old team. But I will not go to St. Louis. I will not spend a dime there. <laughs> Sporting. Has just been sent off. Some part of strong and all comes off. My fun buttings got me drinking. My fun buttings got me drinking. My fun buttings got me drinking. Give me a whiskey, winter gin. Anything to shake this foot I'm in. My fun buttings got me drinking. My fun buttings. Drinking, my fun fun has got me drinking.